What do you want, Ben? You gotta help me. They're after me. Who's after you? We are. Don't let them get me. Oh, we're not here to get you, Ben. We're just here to alert the good sheriff to your sinister plan. You shut your trap. Oh, no. You see, Tex, we have definite proof that this man is up to no good. How come you're so sure? This morning, I was handed this piece of paper by my good friend Marina here, whom you only have to look at to see that she is a woman of exemplary character, which says, in four simple words, that Big Ben here is going to strike. Again. Huh. Okay, Ben. Now start talking. Oh, I'm sure he'll say that he doesn't know. I don't know. Yes, Tex, as a fellow detective, you will observe the all-too-familiar machinations of the criminal mind. Now, we don't know where Ben will strike, we don't know how, but... You know, Marina, this piece of paper looks suspiciously like a printout from the randomizer. You what? It is from the randomizer? What, you mean that's this week's... Oh, I don't believe it! What, you mean you made the selection, gave it to me as a surprise, and I got completely the wrong end of the stick and had us come tearing down to Four Feather Falls to accuse an innocent man for no reason? Oh, God, can you beat that? I mean, what a pair of loonies, eh? Oh, still, live and learn, eh? So, that's it. Oh, um, sorry, Ben. Uh, sorry, Tex. Now turn them horses around and get out of this town. And don't show your faces here till you've cooled off. Yes, that would probably be best, wouldn't it? Cut the talk and get on with it. Oh, we will, we will. Right after Captain Scarlet. The Mysterons, sworn enemies of Earth. So we're back with the original Captain Scarlet on the randomizer, and, uh, uh yeah, we've, we've... I think this is the fourth episode from Captain Scarlet we've had now. Uh, this is certainly the earliest, and this is probably the episode... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still admiring this... This walk down the alley now in, in beautiful HD. It's so lovely. Uh, this is probably one of the episodes of the series I am most familiar with. Um, at least the soundtrack. Because um, in those long wilderness years between the 1990s revival and the uh, 2000s revival, which may or may not mean anything to, um, to non-UK fans, um, I had basically no Anderson material at all. Um, I think I'd accidentally recorded over the few Captain Scarlet episodes that I'd managed to record off TV. So, in the, I, I had like some Stingray, a, a couple of X Library, um, a Stingray VHS and a Joe 90 VHS. And then I got the uh, audio CD of this from Fanderson and I played it to death. Um, it was this and I think Model Spy were on the same disc. So yeah, I just played it to death. I know the soundtrack to this one off by heart. Not so clear on the visuals, though. Some job that driver's got, shipping atomic bombs around. It's not a bomb, it's a nuclear device for civil use. Mm, yes, That's all the best people have them, you know. Still make a mess of the city if anything went wrong. Oh, relax. What can go wrong? It's not a bomb. I love that guy. And I don't know who does the voice of that guy, because um, that voice is the, the co-pilot on um, the DT-19 in Winged Assassin as well, and I don't believe that is any of the voice actors who were credited on this show, um, you know, on the end titles. But, oh, I love that. It's, just, it's, it's not a bomb. It's for civil use. You don't, you don't move in the same circles as I do, fellow police officer. All the best people have them, you know, these nuclear devices in the corner. You're not anybody if you don't have a nuclear device in the corner. Crazy! I can't hold it! I just can't hold it! Maybe the, um, 
truck driver, Macy, seems to have lost control of his vehicle, rammed the police car off the road. And this begins... Oh, that, that's one of my favourite... Um, my favourite parts of the London Street set. Um, so if you've seen you know, Captain Scarlet, you know they like to reuse this London Street set that they built. I, I, actually, I'm saying they built it for this episode. I'm, I'm sure it's like... Actually, it would have been the Mistrons, the first um, street scene we saw in this series. But this is the first. This is, I think, the main, the main episode where you see all these street scenes, um, and a lot of the shop windows and signs and boards reused in later episodes. And there's a go gay shop. I don't know what the go gay shop sells, but I love that in this um, this show from the the late sixties. Uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of gay, unintentional. I'm sure it was. Um, I'm, I'm sure nobody at the top knew that that was in there. I guess that was just someone's idea of a joke. But yeah, the go gay shop is in the world of Captain Scarlet, which makes perfect sense to me. And one day, I I, I would actually like to sit down and just make a list of all of the um, the shop front names and and. Um, you know, the shop, the names of all these buildings, because you see them so often. It would be nice if someone could um, recreate some of these names. In uh, what they, what's that thing where, where people are like making logos from old shows and then selling them? There's the Go Gay Shop again. Although this time it's the Go Gay Shop. No, no, there is. Oh, there's a branch of the Go Gay Shop on both sides of this London street. We've lost contact with a transporter. Repeat. We have lost contact. Because it's just such a popular shop. Transworld Freight, Randall Home Comfort. What else we've got? Informal World Facts. Uh, this is a beautiful shot of the uh, sequence of the, the transporter just tearing through London. The, the driver has completely lost control. It's totally under the Mistron influence. Just making these mad turns, demolishing cars and buildings and lampposts. Oh, what else have we got here? Cope Brothers, which appeared to be a toy shop. That is now um, no more a toy shop. That's a pile of rubble. Oh, I love that shot of Macy sitting back down behind the, the, the wheel. It looks so human. Uh, Gerhardt Manufacturing. What else have we got? London for Men, Dunstall, Millers, Mulliner, Burns. And there's the um, German. German appeared a lot. Anyway, the transporter is now pulled into an underground car park. And that's it. A 120-ton transporter doesn't just vanish into thin air. Have you checked on the trigger mechanism? Yes, sir. It's a five-key electrical trigger with built-in safety circuits, timed for a 12-hour detonation. But you need the five keys to set it, and each one is held by a different person. Well, that sounds like an uncharacteristically good bit of foresight on the part of the, uh, the people who built that. Usually these things are activated, like, you know, as soon as you look at them, and now it's like five keys, five different places. That makes sense. This is good. Nuclear device vanishes. Of course, it's all for naught, since the Mistrons just activate it by themselves anyway later. This is a red alert, not a stroll around the deck. Move! Okay, Colonel, okay. And they're, they're not... They're going as fast as they would normally go, but... Um, I love it when the Colonel tells people off and includes slightly odd phrases like that. I think the best one is in White as Snow with the uh, rest centre line, but... You know, the idea of a, a nice stroll around the deck. It's very cosy. Anyway, the truck driver has now regained consciousness. This is Macy. Are you receiving me? Over. 
with a Come in, please. nasty bloodied gash on his cheek. Hearing this? Over. It's dead. And this puppet, I think this is the first episode he appears in, and he played quite a lot of Mysterons because much like the um who was the puppet who was Oh, it was this puppet. I'm trying to remember the Mervyn Brand puppet from the launching. Um, so I must have talked about this before. But yeah, the reason this puppet played so many Mysterons through the course of the series is because he was one of the few guest characters to have a blinking head, um, which was made specifically for this episode, for these scenes where he's waking up. And going back to where I, I started this, um, this rambling randomizer, uh, this episode on audio, there's a lot of dead space in it in scenes like this where the Anyone around? truck driver is just exploring the car park but the the script Ed Bishop's narration which I think was written by uh, Ralph Titterton it all works really well to cover the gaps I don't think there's much cut out from these scenes on audio um, and if you're interested to listen to those still available from Big Finish it only remains for me to wish you a very good night good night everyone and isn't it reassuring that in the year of um, 2068 all the news announcers are going to go back to sort of, well, I'm just off to bed now, so from all of us here, good night. Odd though, the, um, the, something I, I don't quite understand, the, this car park that the transporter is trapped in appears to be still under construction, the roof is not finished, and it looks to me that Macy could probably maybe climb onto the, the roof of the the truck, maybe haul himself up onto the scaffolding and try to get out that way. Um, I mean, it, it, it's not even sealed. It, it's not like if there was like an aerial search for this transporter that they couldn't see it from the air. If you put a helicopter over that building, it's going to spot it instantly. Um, I guess the police search wasn't very much involved. They had to get the um, civil use guy to, to hospital. Thirteen. Thirteen. That's such a that? such a surreal moment as well. This this is this is a very atmospheric scene of um, Macy first being you know just exploring his new prison, then the clock, and then this absurdly sinister shot of the the back of the truck just opening on its own. And then the keys are activating. No, no, no. Even though there's no one there, there's no keys at all. The Mistrons are just remote activating the bomb. Um. Yeah. Stop! And I also really like um, the, f the fact that Charles Tingwell is, is acting this scene alone. And he's making it. His performance is, is another factor in making it so tense. I don't know who knocked out the truck driver there. We can certainly assume it was Captain Black, but... Uh, I never understood why they didn't just kill Macy. I'm glad they didn't, because he's a nice chap. But it leads to this very odd moment where not only has he not been killed, he's now been left on the street, alive and well, well, slightly injured, to be discovered by Captain Scarlet, who is driving by the Elliot Nash Employment Bureau. Um, what else have we got? Nelson Autos, Dewar Elf, 
I love these names. I don't know what any of them mean. Delaney Max. And you know a lot of these were just cut out of uh, magazines and such. Anyway, Captain Scarlet has found Macy, taking him up to Cloud Base. Come in, Captain. What's the news on the driver? Uh, he's in one piece, but he's pretty shaken. Captain Blue's bringing him to Cloud Base. Where Wait, exactly what? Was he found? In a side um, near the river hang on, you found him? Right. Did you did you pull over and say, "Hi, guy. Um, I'll I'll send help for you. Don't worry." And then you drove off. Why didn't you bring him to Cloud Base? You've been through a good deal, but we need your help. I came to in the street. How I got there, I just don't know. Well, I was wondering what to do when your people came along in the car. And they pulled down the window, asked me if I was all right, and I said no, and he drove off. Very strange man. Doctor Fawn will take care of you. Why didn't Why didn't Scarlet bring Macy to Cloud Base? I don't get it. And it's not like, you know, they didn't take him to hospital because they didn't give him medical attention until he came to Cloud Base. They say Dr. Fawn is going to look at him. 2,000 car parks in London fit Macy's description. I don't care if there are two million. It's got to be I bet you do. I don't care if there are two million billion squillion. It, it, it's good to know what exactly you're dealing with. Don't overinflate the, uh, the problem. And now it's, it, we're back in the car park. It's now bright daylight outside. The roof is definitely not finished, so an aerial search of the area in which the police lost their transporter would definitely yield results. And they're not doing it. In fact, where are the angels? They were launched, and I don't think we hear anything more about them in this episode. So much for Colonel White yelling at them. They've probably gone off to have a nice meal somewhere. We're missing something. I know we're missing something. Well, maybe doing a bit more than just having two guys listen to the uh, interview with your only witness over and over and over again is not quite the best use of your time. Let's assume Macy counted correctly and heard Big Ben strike 13. What's the only explanation? I'm with you, Captain. I do like this scene. Um, it, it, Central London. it makes Blue and White seem smarter than Scarlet, which may not be the best thing when your show is named Captain Scarlet. And how far do you calculate, Captain? But I do like how methodical they are. 760 miles per hour. Uh, how they, they seem knowledgeable in a way that they don't always do in other episodes. Let's go, Captain Scarlet. I don't get it. I'll explain later. <laughs> yeah, that's not the, the, the words you want to hear from the star of your show. I don't get it. What's going on? And it's nice as well that they don't explain right away. We've checked out the Jupiter Way car park. It's not here. S.I.G. Captain Oker. Well, uh, Oker was like on the scene of the Jupiter Way car park. Presumably, um, he's now having to extricate Magenta from. Oh, I don't know. He's probably got his arm caught in a vending machine. I'll or blow something. the door. Oh, and I love the the close-up detail on the um, the SPV, the front there where the cannon comes out. There's some beautiful detailing. All those lines around the panels and the dirt, and oh, the SPV is so beautiful. And I love how, you know, this is only the third episode of the series. I presume it was only the third episode made. And the SPV already looks so grubby and dirty down like um, like a real real vehicle would. It's such a fabulous machine. Ten miles from your present position. You will drive the transporter there and take it down to the prepared excavation two miles underground. It can be safely allowed to detonate at this point. But one more thing. Captain Scarlet drives the transporter. Alone. But, Colonel, I... That's an order. Good luck, Captain. Let's go. 
So Scarlet's been left to drive the transporter alone while Blue clears the way with an SPV. And I love how... Again, this is only the third episode, but it's already an unwritten rule. Any even remotely dangerous operation, Scarlet's the first in line. And nobody ever asks if he's okay with that. The Colonel has just gone, right, you're indestructible. So, got this mission here for you where uh, uh, we need to retrieve my keys from this, um, this stump grinder. You're the man for the job. Get going. And he doesn't question it. He doesn't care. I would hope he's getting um, compensation of some description. More wonderful shops on the uh, London street here. In your town, Dalgo. There's another Burns discount store. Um, and a minor unfortunate element of this episode. A woman driver. Because she stole that car. Because she's a woman. <coughs> it's not funny. Um, thankfully it doesn't last long. Come on, come on. And Blue doesn't say, oh, yeah, woman drivers, like they would do in, um, and did do in Thunderbirds. He doesn't know who's behind the wheel of that car, he just knows to shove her out the way. What else have we got? Oh, there's a, what looks like a, a load of mannequins in a shop window there. Bernstein Autos, there's another Burns discount store. Ooh, I love these shops. And I also love... This um, this transporter model that reappeared a few times throughout the series, um, often in the background of other London streets. What else we've got? Hans Phone, Dewar Elf, Patos, Hill. Oh, another Dewar Elf, another Gerhardt Manufacturing. Lots of signs around saying "Drive with care" that Scarlet's just ignoring. Stone Point Villas, SPV, and I think I also just spotted in the background there. Um, the Nitro Wozzly Doodah truck from um, 30 Minutes Afternoon. I'll have to check that. Anyway, Scarlet and Blue have now arrived at the construction site and they're just ploughing through everything. Got to get the truck down to the underground um, excavation site. And I, um, I have issues with the closing the doors now. The use of nuclear bombs in construction sites. I don't know... Hold tight. I don't know if this was ever a thing that was seriously considered in real life, but it just seems oddly sort of dangerous to let off a massive nuclear explosion under a London construction site. But who am I? I'm not a... I'm not a... On, get down there. A construction genius of the year 2068. What do I know? Oh, 70 seconds to go. The truck has now landed in the underground excavation cave thingy. Um, yeah, this is a beautiful... This white and blue truck is just lovely. Being driven out into the cave area. Which, again, it's... it's I don't know... It's running out. Get back in that lift. I really don't know how safe this is, guys. I've got to say. It looks like the underground cave Take is... You know, there are beams holding up the roof, and if you detonate a nuclear bomb down there, presumably the whole of this, the construction site at ground level is just going to cave in. Um, but, you know, we're ten seconds away from it going off here, so a bit late to do anything about it now. And Scarlet's not out of the lift yet! Are you alright? I will be, Captain. I will be. Once I speak to the Union... Ugh. And here we get the, um... 
the explanation of how Captain Blue and Colonel White knew that um, Big Ben really had struck 13 times. Now, I don't know where the idea for this this part of the story would have come from. If this is something that the writer, whose name I stupidly didn't think to look up before I started this, already knew about, if it was an experiment he himself conducted, or if it was just pure chance. And the chimes we are hearing are taking approximately four and a half seconds to reach us. Right. Well, Macy said he turned on his radio, remember? Now, there is someone on YouTube, and I don't know if the video is still there, but they carried out this experiment of finding a place in London, turning on a radio, and hearing Big Ben strike 13 times with the 13th chime coming coming live from Big Ben. I'm beginning to understand. And it worked. They made it work. I can't remember where it was in London that they ended up recording it. That's seven over the radio. But this is actually genuinely scientifically possible to achieve. So I would love to know more about the four and a half seconds behind the radio. The radio is one chime ahead. The, the, the genesis of this um, this idea. Eleven. I can't imagine that the writer really went out with a little portable radio and tried this for real. Did he just get lucky, or was this something he'd heard about before? If you know, please let me know. Thirteen. I'll make that my lucky number. No. Well, you did come off as a bit dim throughout this uh, episode, unfortunately, Captain, having to be explained everything. I mean, the only thing you did was find the guy who was kidnapped by the Mistrons and then apparently just left him behind. However, that was Big Ben Strikes Again, and... Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, again, some kind of baffling leaps in... Oh, Tony Barwick. Well done, Tony Barwick, for this script. Uh... Yeah, some baffling leaps of logic when it comes to the Mr. On plan, like why did they why did they leave Macy alive? And then why did they drag him out onto the street? I mean, why didn't they just like Captain Scarlet tie a note to him saying, The truck is in the car park over there, you guys. Come on. Um, yeah, three episodes in and the the Mr. On plan is already rather half hearted. Captain Scarlet but it's nice that, that they, they took time to build a, the atmospheric scenes in the car park, those beautiful opening sequences in the street with a truck just tearing through, blowing up and trashing everything, and yeah, a surprisingly thoughtful and intelligent central concept that uh, didn't feel like a cheat. Very enjoyable episode, SIG.